is a spectacular night in the Valley of the Sun as we welcome you to Glendale, Arizona, as the BCS Bowl Bash continues on Fox in this sensational first-year venue. Boise State tonight steps onto the national stage, playing the role of David, trying to take down Goliath. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning and welcome to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us. We're going to be coming your way each and every day from 10 o'clock in the morning until high noon on Chatterbox Sports. You can also check us out on YouTube at Chatterbox Sports. But we'll talk more about all of that and what's coming up on the show moving forward in just a couple of minutes. But look, um, I'd like to address it because it's clearly the elephant sitting in the room, right? You know it. And I know it. What happened back in August of 2020 while I was broadcasting a Reds game against the Kansas City Royals. So, ever since that day, I have tried to do everything I can, if there is such a thing, to right my wrong. I've had a chance to meet some of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my life. Members of the gay community in Cincinnati, Ryan Messer, Rick Wirth, who runs the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky, has invited me to, to be a part of some of the incredible work that he's been doing over there for many, many years. Sid Ziegler, who owns Outsports.com. Uh, we have developed just an incredible relationship uh, as well as Scott C. Oman, a dear friend uh, who's one of the biggest names out in Hollywood and is a childhood friend of mine that I grew up with in Cincinnati. And those four, along with so many others, have given me the chance over the last two years to sit with them in their homes, in their businesses, um, and listen and learn and try to come to a better understanding of the impact of the word that I used that night in August of 2020. And it's been a profound impact. I'm ashamed about what I said. I'm embarrassed about what I said. I I'd do anything in the world to change it, but I can't. But what I can tell you is I know for a fact, thanks to those people and so many others that I just mentioned, that the Tom Brenneman sitting here in September of 2022 is a very different man than the one who walked out the door um, during a baseball game in August of 2020. So look, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel bad for me. I'm the one who created this mess, and I'm the one that has to live with it. All I'm asking each and every one of you is to consider, just consider it. 
to give me a second chance. It's time to get off the bench. All righty, here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by UDF, United Dairy Farmers. Phenomenal company, great people. You know, I, I like to say uh, we're trying to put this whole idea, the sponsorship from UDF uh, in motion. And the woman who runs all of their marketing over there is a lady named Denise Jenkins. Uh, I've only met her one time in person. Uh, and, and we're going back and forth uh, on an email and all this kind of thing. And finally had a chance to, to talk to her a couple of days ago. And I'd just like to send out the best to her dad, because while we're talking and chatting about this whole thing and about the idea of UDF being a sponsor of the show, what I didn't know until she told me is that she was out of town with her dad, who was having uh, uh, a couple of major heart procedures. And she thankfully, thank God, wrote us back, said her dad's doing great. So, Denise, thank you. And we're thinking about your dad and uh, hope for all the best. All right, so I want to give you a quick rundown on what the show is going to look like on a weekly basis, okay? So Mondays and Fridays are football, football, football. I mean, let's be honest about it, right? You get to this time of the year, we're in September now. It's all everybody's talking about. Football is life. Okay, so on Mondays, Brian Billick is going to join us, former Super Bowl winning head coach. In fact, he's going to be joining us in the show later on today, but he'll be breaking down all the big stories in the NFL. Legendary sports columnist Paul Doherty will be with us today as well, but most of the time on Tuesdays and talk about everything that is sports here locally, nationally. He's tuned into the whole thing. Now, locally, a lot of you are familiar with former Red Tracy Jones. This guy, <laughs> I mean, you're going to love this guy if you haven't seen him. He's going to be on every week. Wednesdays, we call it the big interview. So it's almost like a podcast, okay? But we're going to have a lengthy interview with some of the biggest names in all the sports. So like this coming Wednesday, Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz. The following week, Chris Collinsworth. We'll have guys like Charles Barkley and Bob Costas and Troy Aikman. At least on paper, that's the goal if they will take my phone call and return my phone call. When you fall off the planet for two years, there are a lot of people out there that aren't calling you back anymore. But those guys that I just mentioned, I know they'll call back. Now, now Thursdays is going to be unique, and we're going to mix and match this a little bit. But we have found, quote unquote, super fans, right? who follow their team with incredible passion and emotion. And we're, and we're going to keep it inside the AFC Central. And we're going to start that today with one of those guys. My son told me about this cat uh, a couple of years ago. It's a guy named Zim Hude, right? And he does this podcast, Win Cincinnati, every single week. Uh, when my son met this guy, you'd have thought he met uh, Gandhi. For those of you old enough to remember Gandhi, uh, maybe in more modern terms, uh, uh, whoever, right? Pick somebody, okay? He met him at a Bengals game and lost his mind. 
So he's coming up shortly today as well. And then on Fridays, we are getting previews of the Bengals and the Bearcats from Dan Horde. And we'll have Dan on the show tomorrow. He'll be taking off uh, heading down to the UC Bearcats season opener against Arkansas down at Fayetteville. And so he'll preview once both teams get rolling. Bengals next week, UC this week. Tell us what's going on. He's the voice of both of those teams, for those of you that don't know. And by the way, uh, any gaming companies out there, you want to come on as a sponsor, uh, I'm a shill for this, right? It's the only way I'm making money. It's the only way everybody else is making money around here. And, and, and it's all about gaming. So if you're looking to jump on board, we're open for business. So we're talking sports. Locally, not just the Bengals and Bearcats and Buckeyes and, and Kentucky and Xavier once basketball gets going. Although Kentucky's got a pretty good football team. They'll be in our picks tomorrow. So let's get things rolling. I um, want to talk about very quickly just a, a, a couple of things we're going to do every week, and that is make our picks for games. So I want to welcome in our producers of the program. Many of you locally are familiar with Brandon Seho. Okay, he was over at Channel 5 as an anchor, and we're going to talk more about the podcast, a mental health podcast he's going to be doing regularly here on Ch uh, Chatterbox Sports coming up. So Brandon is to your left. Casey McAllister, our two producers, to your right. Gentlemen, give our audience just a little background where you're from because they're going to be seeing you guys a lot hearing from you guys a lot i'm not sure you have much to add to the program quite honestly <laughs> uh from that standpoint but uh we'll start casey with you where are you from i know you're a big bengals fan tell us a little bit about casey mcallister yeah a uh, big bengals fan um grew up in blanchester ohio yep out east out beautiful east, beautiful yep. country country Blantucky is yep, what they yep, like yep. to call themselves yep. um grew up there uh diehard bengals fan football fan for life uh just played sports growing up um wanted to be in the sports industry um knew that this is the path i wanted to go i tried doing news hated it um chatterbox gave me this opportunity right. and i'm just eating it up all right this is going to be awesome okay we're excited to have you grateful to have you brandon you just left channel five I did. I had a good run. I, I love Channel 5 and love my time there with George Vogel, who you know pretty well. Yep, He's yep. Uh, Gramps, as we call him in the business. Yep. Been there a minute. The uh, king of Cincinnati sports, as I say. But this opportunity at Chatterbox was amazing for me, for this show, for my podcast. Like I know we'll talk about going forward, the mental well, we'll game. We'll talk about it right now a little bit. I just well, What is the podcast? What are you going to be doing? I know it centers on mental health, but I know it's even deeper than that. Sure. Yeah, no, it's going to be called The Mental Game. We're going to interview different Bengals, Reds, big-time athletes, actors, musicians, entertainers, comedians about their mental health journey. You know, I had my own ups and downs. Everyone does. And uh, it's going to be super cool because it's the first major podcast that's going to be regularly scheduled and center around mental health. I mean, there's other podcasts that talk about sure. everything and include mental health in there, maybe 10% of it. This is going to be 60% or more mental health, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. That's the main goal is to save lives, help people – Make these big stars be relatable. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Also, I get to stay home, work with you two, work with Trace Fowler here, everyone at Chatterbox Sports, and have some fun. Well, we're excited about that. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think in some form or fashion, like you said, everybody's had to deal with some kind of uh, mental health issues in their lives. I mean, I, I've struggled forever with OCD. And uh, it's, boy, it's a battle. And there are a lot of battles out there. There are a lot of great stories out there that we can all learn from. And... Um, 
very much looking forward to it. All right, now, now with all the accolades for both of you guys, I, I have a sense that your picking ability, and here's what we're going to do, okay? Every Friday we're going to find, and, and I'm talking about every Friday once the NFL season gets going, we're going to be making our picks for the weekend. So we'll pick four or five games in college. We'll pick four or five in the NFL. We'll try to always have the local teams involved, okay? And, and, and the big day is tomorrow. And what we're going to do is I'm putting up 1000 bucks for charity of choice for either Casey or Brandon. I have a sneaking suspicion. In fact, I'd bet a lot of money on it if I were a gambling man. I have a sneaking suspicion I'll be donating it to my charity of choice uh, because when the final tally comes up at the end of the football season, we'll see who has the best record, right? So we're going to start, since the college football season really begins after something called uh, week zero last week. I still can't get over that. I mean, if my alma mater, Ohio University, was playing last week and somebody said they were playing on week zero, uh, you might find me in the streets of uh, Hamilton uh, somewhere in the morning sleeping on the sidewalk, sort of bummed out about the whole thing because week zero means you're not even anything, right? So here we go. All right, fellas, tonight, ESPN, 7 o'clock Eastern time. This is a huge rivalry game. You have West Virginia against Pitt. Pitt losing their starting quarterback, who looks like he's got a chance to have an outstanding career moving on, ironically enough, to the Steelers in the NFL. But the spread, and we're picking all games against the spread, okay? The spread is seven and a half. The game will be West Virginia v. Pitt. Uh, I'll go first, and I am taking – who did I say I was picking? I am taking the Pitt Panthers at home in this matchup. Brandon? Or actually, Casey, we're starting with you. Your next, uh, your name's yeah. up next. Who are you going with? Yeah, um, I'm going with Pitt too. Okay. Uh, just a sneaky suspicion that Pitt is going to do better in West Virginia. No, no other real reason though, other than a hunch. So nothing to base it on. <laughs> nothing to base it on. No, <laughs> that's no. really the story of the show. Truth be told. All right, Brandon. I don't know if you know this or not, Tom. My alma mater is UC, big UC yes. guy. I spent an entire semester and a half in Morgantown partying on high school. Really. Semester and a half is the key part of that. Didn't do well academically, came back and finished up at UC, but I'm going to take the Mountaineers. Seven and a half's a lot in a rivalry game, the backyard brawl. They haven't played this in forever. Everyone, all the stars are going to be out watching yeah. it at Heinz Field. I think they're going, to, they're going to hold it under. Okay. I want to go with West Virginia because I love that place. That campus is phenomenal. Obviously, it's dangerous. Uh, Brandon, yes, dangerous for you. <laughs> Uh, I've had a couple of rough nights here myself with Bob Huggins, one of our guests down the road, by the way. Looking forward to that. All right. Penn State v. Purdue. This is, um, this is a really intriguing matchup in the Big Ten right out of the gate. Um, I am not a big James Franklin guy. I got to tell you. Um, I'm not at all. I'm not saying that he's not a good man because he's a really good man. But uh, when they gave him that contract, I'd have done everything I could if I was Penn State to go get Luke Fickle. That's what I would have done. I would have found a way to get Luke Fickle. But it's James Franklin. It's Penn State. Great program. They are in West Lafayette tonight to take on Purdue. Spread three and a half. I'm taking the Boilermakers. Casey? I'm taking Penn State. Uh, mainly just because of uh, family ties. Um, another just kind of a hunch of mine. We're uh, going to have the human interest takes with, yeah. <laughs> with Casey. Wow. My grandpa actually went to Penn State. Okay. And so he kind of, you know, raised me as a Penn sure. State fan. So sure. screw OSU. Okay. Uh, wow. I hate OSU okay. so much. All right. Um, Penn State all the way. 
And I'm uh, rooting for Penn State. Okay, and it's a local tie there. I think Sean Clifford is still their quarterback, right? Yeah. Okay, kid from right here, right here in Cincinnati. So easy kid to root for. Great kid. Had a chance to meet him a couple years ago. Okay, and uh, Brandon, Penn State v. Purdue, three and a half. Yep, taking Penn State. Like you said, Sean Clifford. I'm a GCL guy myself from LaSalle. We're on the St. X guy to get it done. Okay, all right. And last but not least tonight, uh, out of the Big 12, what a year it was last year for Oklahoma State. They had a great year. Love their coach, Coach Gundy. That guy got the mullet going. I wish I could grow a mullet. I used to be able to grow a mullet back when I had hair. It looked good. It was brown. And, um, but Central Michigan, I'm a Mac guy, Ohio University guy. Central Michigan had one of the best offenses in the country a year ago. They went 9-4. and four. Um, They're going on the road to Oklahoma State. They bring back their starting quarterback who had a great year last year. 21 and a half. I am taking the Chippewas. Casey? I'm taking Oklahoma State, uh, mainly because Chippewas just lost a couple of linemen. Okay. And they've lost some guys to the draft. Um, and just looking at their schedule last year, how badly they lost to LSU, I mean, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think Oklahoma State is going to cover this. Okay. And uh, Brandon? I think Oklahoma State's going to play well and beat them by a lot. But 21 and a half is a lot of points. Like you, Tom, I believe in the Chippewas to uh, hold it to under 21 and a half. A little Maction Pride. Maction Tuesday is one of my favorite things. So let's go with the Chippewas. Yeah, I go back every year uh, to one of those Maction games. Um, meet some buddies of mine from Ohio University. And, and, and because they've been so good the last number of years until last year when Frank Solich stepped down and the wheels fell off, um, we would always find one of those games to go to on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. That is a great package that ESPN has, that Maction package. And so many alumni in this area and around this entire region – that's a, a, a great deal. But, uh, okay, there we have it. So these are not going to count. I forgot to mention that ahead of time. We're <laughs> it's not going to get – I mean, it's our, yeah. this is our first show. We're, we're trying to work through whatever wrinkles we're going to work through. We're going to have them today. Um, but they're not going to count. But this is just a, a warm-up. This is our preseason. Because let's be honest about it. Nothing against Penn State. Nothing against Oklahoma State. Nothing against anybody. Okay. But the heavyweights are getting after it this weekend. And we're going to be picking all the killer games tomorrow. Ohio State. Casey has already said right out of the gate, he doesn't like them. The Mighty Buckeyes. <laughs> I'm going to that game, by the way. Are you? Yeah. I have a good friend of mine up there, college buddy, who, um, who has a very successful food uh, service business. And uh, he's asked my wife and me to go up there. Now, fellas, Brandon, you're not married. Casey, you're getting ready to get married, right? Right. I'm Getting married June 3rd of 2023. Let's go. Well, there are some of you not applauding that. (laughs) Okay. Be honest. Be honest. Uh, We've been at it almost 22 years. There are days I'm not not so sure I'm applauding that. Uh, But I only bring that up because my bride is an alum of Notre Dame. And I am a huge Ohio State fan. Growing up here in, in Ohio, love the Buckeyes, love Ryan Day. We'll have Urban Meyer on the show down the road. Good friend. But um, I tell you, when these two schools play, and, and, and strangely enough, during the tenure of our marriage, even though obviously Notre Dame's not in the conference, they have played one another a number of times, especially in bowl games. And you know the result. I mean, a complete ass-kicking 
every time they have ever played. Pretty much. Uh, every time. It's going to be the same. I mean, this weekend, time. I think. Yep. And, and, and uh, this game in Columbus, 7.30 P at the Horseshoe. So you got that one over the weekend. We've got, uh, I, I think, one of the most interesting games on the schedule is uh, Utah at Florida. We'll talk more about that. You've got uh, Georgia hosting Oregon. Oregon went on the road last year and beat Ohio State in Columbus. I know it's a different team, different quarterback. I get all that. Georgia defending national champ, get all that. But I still think it's an interesting game to watch. Uh, Kentucky plays Miami. And a lot of people think both of those teams are going to be very, very good. Kentucky coming off a great year with Stoops as a coach. Um, and what's the fourth game I'm forgetting that's a really, really good game? All right, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, we're going to pick all those games tomorrow. All right, so we're going to get things rolling. Coming up, we're going to have our first guest, the Hall of Famer, who happens to just be my dad, Marty Brenneman. And we are going to have a surprise guest for him. Hopefully he's not watching yet. That's coming up next on Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. I'm Tom Brenneman, and look, um, this is our very first show, right? So you start wrestling around and talking to Brandon and Casey, you know, who are we going to have on, and Trace and Reed and all Paul, all the guys, all Sean, everybody. Who are we going to have on first? And it was a landslide. <laughs> you got to have the Hall of Famer who just happens to be my dad, Marty Brenneman. Welcome to the show. You're the first official guest, and I am thrilled that it's you. How you doing? Tom, oh, you're no more thrilled than I am. I, uh, I think it's, it's an honor for me to be asked as the first guest on your program, which I hope has a long and, and legendary and successful run. But at the same time, I'm not stupid. Uh, I'm sure that there were bigger names than me that, for whatever the reason, couldn't do it. So you turn to the old man who's well, retired time on his hands and he can find something to do with did you say retired or tired well you can put retired and then a slash line and tired after <laughs> my act has really gotten tired over the years well i i, I want to ask you and you know it's funny it, it, this happens to me at least two or three times a week and I, i'm being serious here for a second i'll have people come up to me and, and they'll say hey how's your dad doing uh, dad's doing great the next question is always does he miss broadcasting games? Is he enjoying retirement? What's the answer? The answer is an unequivocal no. I do not miss it. I have never missed it from the day that I made the announcement in January of 2019 that that was going to be my last year. Um, and I've really viewed this uh, as, as a chapter in my life that I turned the page on for the final time. Um, I've been to two games all year. Uh, I keep up with them uh, and, and, and know the go goings and comings. I'm not on the, quote, inside as I once was for so long. Uh, but I don't, I don't miss it at all. I, uh, in fact, I tell people, I was in Kroger yesterday and a lady said something to me about it, similar to what you said. And I said, quite frankly, had I known retirement was going to be as good as it has been, I would have done it sooner. So you mean That's to tell me and tell everybody watching that, that, that I mean, really, I, I mean this, this question. That I know that if you if you turn on a game or you're driving down the road and you click on the radio and they're on, 
There's never a, a, a situation, a time, a moment, fleeting, perhaps, albeit, where you're saying, man, that'd be kind of cool to be in there tonight. Not one time. Honest to goodness, as I'm sitting here talking to you on your debut show, uh, that has never occurred to me. I've had people say to me, why don't you come back and do five or six or eight games a month? Uh, just to keep your hand in it. And I, I've said to people, folks, I've done my last baseball game. I will never broadcast a baseball game again for the rest of my life. And and that in no way does it minimize my job and the, and the great years I spent with this organization here in Cincinnati. Nobody had a better job than I did. Uh, not only the baseball, but doing the NCAA basketball tournament for our good friend Jim Host down in Lexington. Uh, doing the Final Four 11 times, uh, way back doing college football at William & Mary and Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I loved it all. I loved it all. My first job in Salisbury, which you remember well, uh, when you and Dawn were little and, and working in, with the Catawba College football and basketball programs and, and, and American Legion baseball and high school football and basketball. I loved it all. It was a fulfillment of a dream for me to be a play-by-play -play guy. Not a studio sports guy, but a play-by-play -play guy. But I've done that now. That's over with. Um, and, and I thank God I retired when I was healthy. Uh, thank God for Amanda because she will not allow me to sit around and do nothing. And I could not be happier, and I have not missed it one single bit. You just celebrated your 80th birthday, and you guys had a chance to go on a great trip over to Ireland. Uh, uh, people say, well, what's he doing with his time? Uh, you're doing a lot of traveling, playing some golf, hanging out with your wife, hanging out with your grandkids. Very little time with your son, but hanging out with your grandkids and that kind of thing. Well, you're not playing ball anymore. I mean, I like to go. Nobody goes going to watch Luke play uh, lacrosse and and I'm awed by the talents that he possesses because the Brenneman family has been known for a lot of things over the years, but athletic ability ain't one of them. And so to live vicariously through him and watch him be all state as a, as a goalie at Marymount High School, and, and I think coming up his senior year, he could well be All-American. Uh, it's been a thrill for me. Uh, but yes, the trip to Ireland was great. Uh, we played six golf courses over there. It's my second time in Ireland. I'm a big fan. I love the people. I love the country. I love the history that evolves around the British Isles. Uh, I'm shocked that people in Ireland don't die from starvation because the food is brutal. It is not good. Well, we have a little surprise for you here today, Dad. Can you take a no, look at who's sitting next to me right here? And, and your good friend and mine, Tracy Jones, who's going to be a regular part of the program as well. You got anything to say, Marty? Tracy, uh, nice to see you for the second day in a row. And once again, I'm awed by the fact that you could take him off this TV set right now and put him on the cover of Gentleman's Corner. I mean, you, know you, you know what you need to do is upgrade your internet because you're jerking around like this all the time. It <laughs> doesn't look real good. No, that's me from being 80 years old, Clown. That's that's what happens when you get to be 80. You get the shakes every now and then. Did you tell me, Tracy, that he doesn't like you ever complimenting him? He Is doesn't like compliments. He likes to be criticized. I got on him the other day. I said he said, Eddie Haskell. If you ever watch Leave it to Beaver, right? Yeah, I remember. You know, good evening, Mrs. Cleaver, that kind of stuff. Right. He's always, every time I see Marty, 
He's kissing babies, shaking yep. hands. Yep. I mean, really, you got that many friends? Let me tell you something. In your life, you'll only have five friends. I'm a good friend. You know why? Because I make you money. If I didn't make you money, you wouldn't be my friend. How about that? That's not true. And if that were true, Thank you, then Mike. it would be a real deal. You get down on your knees and kiss my feet every day because I make you money. Oh, hold on. That shows nothing without me. That's why it's Jones and Brenneman on baseball. Let's get that straight. <laughs> baseball, there's no question at all about that. Uh, and we've had a lot of laughs over the yeah, six we years that we've programmed. Uh, it is six years, isn't it? It's, it's actually 23 years. And Marty, you got to tell a story because we did a show last year and Marty thought we had been together for six years and he was serious. And I had to correct you and say that it was 23 years on the radio that we've been together. And I, you know, I could do this forever. I mean, I really enjoy working with you. Um, it, the thing well, about are you, you kissing up to well, him on the show. I, I, I mean, I, I, I brought to. you in here. I know to surprise him, not for I kissing know. ass. And it, within 10 minutes of, uh, of being on. The thing with Marty is he makes you. You know, when I'm stumbling around, and I, you know, I've had a lot Does of. Does he come up with the cop, all the topics, or do you have any input on? Well. He comes up with the old stale topics, you know, who, Tired. you know, yeah. What about Joey Votto's swing or something like that? The funny ones, that's me. I'm the one with the thought process as far as making the show a little funny. You would say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Marty? He is so, he is so full of crap. It's unbelievable. He does come up with his share of topics. But you're looking at the grand old man of subject matter for that radio show. So do you walk in, is the way it works, because people ask me about this all the time, too, because they love the show. Brennan and Joe, yeah. you said Jones and Brennan, forgive me, on baseball that runs on the radio every day here in Cincinnati on WLW. Um, is the program you walk in with like a legal pad full of stuff you're going to talk about and then you just run it by Tracy or do you tell them ahead of time or do you want the off the cuff stuff and you just let it rip? Well, I, I, we come up with topics, and let's say we, we taped yesterday. So Sunday night, I sent him the list of topics uh, via a text message. And if he has any concerns or questions, he will talk on the phone. And then uh, there, a lot of the shows, I think people realize that we fly by the seat of our pants. We have the topic, and then whatever comes out, comes out. When we are serious, which is not very often, uh, and do a show pertaining to a player or pertaining to an era of baseball or whatever the case might be, then we'll both do research on it. So we'll have some, we'll have some accurate numbers and of, uh, of that type. Uh, but no, we, we, uh, we'll have a topic and then we'll just run with it. And sometimes I get a little bit concerned about the direction he's taking that topic in. I was and, just going to bring I'm that saying, up. You got well, mad at I mean, me. You got mad at me last week. And uh, what happened? Well, I started bringing up politics. Okay. You know, I'm, I like Trump. Yep. Uh, I think we need to secure the border. Yep. I don't think we need to send billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. Right. I like safe streets. Right. Uh, I don't like inflation. Right. I start talking politics. And this you guy. You are a financial guy, too. By I the am way. a fine. I have a financial advisor, Series 7, registered investment advisor. I'm a, I have you a make lot anybody of money? Uh, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt your training. Market thought, is but. tough. The market okay, is we'll tough. get to that yeah. another time, but please but, go but, ahead. But I, I just so I brought up politics and what happened. Right. I brought up politics and Marty 
kind of directed me and said, we don't need to talk about politics on this show. And of course, he is the Hall of Famer. I respect can him. I, so I will not bring I, up politics anymore. Back, back, back when I was working at broadcasting baseball, and I people that know me know I'm not a union guy. God bless all you folks that are. Uh, I'm not. I've had to belong to a union while I've been working in Cincinnati to broadcast baseball. Union hasn't done a damn thing for me in all the years that I was having to pay upwards of $1,000 a year to be a member. And I brought up unions at one point uh, during a broadcast. This is 20 years ago. And I got all kinds of mail saying, we don't really care what you think about right. unions. You're not paid to talk about unions. We ain't paid to talk about politics. And so that's the reason why I had something to say about it. Were you actually mad at him or you just thought, hey, let's move on here. I'm tired of this. Oh, no, no, no. I, I would get mad at him. I mean, I get mad at him enough because every now and then, uh, shockingly, he will say something stupid. <laughs> I have to. So you that. say that. That, that hurts not, my feelings. I, it would. It really you said that, but see, here's what you don't understand, Tracy. I have heard that stuff for 58 years. You've heard it. What did you just say? 23? 23. How many times do you think I've heard? Oh, God. Are you ever going to do anything that's not stupid? Oh, see, he see? does that. And, and I got to tell you, I think Marty doesn't come down on me because he's really proud of me. He's proud that he thinks of me as a, another son. I think he does. He thinks of me as the major league son he yep. never had. Yeah. I mean, you're all right. You've had a decent <laughs> career. Okay, fair. You know, well, they went in the tank, but but we're working on going back yeah, let's, right. let's stop apologizing. Right. First right. of all, no, we're not. Through so, through go ahead. Yeah. So I just think Marty always takes a seat back anytime it starts to get a little edgy and uh, because he respects me. He knows that I played for five major league teams, which, you know, if you think about it, you have a better chance to hit a lottery than do five major There's league no teams. There's no doubt. And, and I have to tell you, I, and one thing I notice when I listen to your show that, 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 that actually troubles me deeply, mm -hmm. because I remember when you were coming up to the big leagues, okay, and that whole fleet of guys of – your buddy Cal Daniels and Paul O'Neill and Barry Larkin and Eric Davis, you were part of that whole group. Yep, the crown jewels. Who was the number three hole hitter on all those minor league teams coming up? Was it Eric Davis? No, it wasn't. Was it Barry Larkin? No, it wasn't. Was it Paul O'Neill? Uh, no, Paul was on the bench. Was Who was it? it, Marty? Marty? It was Tracy Jones. Got that right. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Boy, things can come down fast, can't they, Tom? Well, you know, this show is just starting today, and I have a feeling it's about to go straight in the tank. Why does this guy get— We've been talking get... about unions. We've been talking yeah. about Trump. <laughs> and and this is day one. This is, this is segment three of day one, yeah. and Chatterbox is about to completely explode. And uh, and I'm about to, to go round two on a, on a career collision. You better Thanks be careful. Thanks to you two clowns. You better be careful. All right, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Having you guys on all the time, I can't thank you enough. Trace, you're thank the man. You, Dad, I love you. Yes, sir. Marty, like you look you good. Too, you look good. You're 80, Trace but you look 79. Do you like his wardrobe before yeah. we go overall? Because he's got a lot of nice clothes. That guy in a sweatsuit? That's oh, you're talking about me. That's one thing he doesn't have. Well, let's get your internet upgraded, will you please? I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, my man. Thanks, Tom. All right, we're back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Brian Billick 
has long been considered one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of football. After putting up and leading the team with record-setting numbers as offensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings back in the late 90s, he became head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. In only his second year, Brian Billick led Baltimore to victory in Super Bowl 35. He won 85 games during his tenure, lost only 67, including 6-3 six and three in the playoffs, and had a great run at it in Baltimore. He later became Fox's number two analyst. He was my partner in the TV booth in a career that lasted on television for nearly 15 years. Now he's an offensive analyst to Herm Edwards for Arizona State football and our NFL guru on Off the Bench. Brian Billick, welcome. It is so great to see your face and, and to hear your voice. What exactly does an offensive analyst do? Uh, it's very important. I bring donuts and coffee in the morning. Uh, I make sure that there's enough pencils and pens. And uh, no, this was kind of a, a, an offshoot uh, when Herm Edwards and, and Ray Anderson, who's the AD here at Arizona State, approached me. Marvin Lewis is doing the same thing on the defensive mm -hmm. side. Uh, and uh, what they had going here, um, basically, it's more about coaching coaches. It's about the process. Uh, there's a limitation, although I get to work with the players uh, uh, on a mentoring basis, which is great. I love being around the young people, but it's more about the structure of the process and helping the coaches uh, in terms of formulating game plans, practice structure, that kind of thing. So it's uh, not, not heavy lifting for me. It allows me to get back on the golf course a little bit as well, but it's been fun to get back in it, be around it, certainly be around the coaches and try to help them wherever I can uh, as they get ready for the season. Have you missed coaching? You know, there's elements of it, Tom, certainly do. I, I miss coaching. I miss doing the broadcasts with you, you know, being close to the game. Uh, but but I don't miss the grind and, and being back around it now, all the somewhat limited basis that I am now, uh, and recognizing, as you know, this is this is a grind. This is a 24-7 tough jobs, never have a lot of hours. I get that. But the coaching world, you when you when you're living it like I did, you don't you don't think of it because it's just what you do. But now having gone away, come back and, and seeing it again and immersing myself in it in, in a limited way, boy, it, it is a grind. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little past that right now. Uh, I'm enjoying the time that I do have, but I enjoy interacting with it now. Let's talk the National Football League for a minute. Um, and, and, and you have studied quarterbacks. You've written a book about this, uh, about scouting quarterbacks, watching quarterbacks. Has quarterback play ever been better than it is right now in the NFL? Because there's such a, a really good-looking group of young quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you 100%, Tom. I, I can't remember a time. Over the last few years in particular, when we, of course, when we still had Drew Brees in the league, uh, I don't know when Tom Brady's ever going to leave. But I, don't, I can't remember a time when we had so many future Hall of Famers. Now, obviously, some of the young guys and the Patrick Mahomes and the like will have to wait and see. Certainly, they're showing great promise that way uh, if they careers. But I'm talking about the bona fide Hall of Famers from Brady, Breeze, the Mannings, Rodgers. Uh, I mean, Roethlisberger, I think, is clearly in that list. So I, I agree with you. I, I don't think we've been as deep in good quarterback play. And as you know, when you sit and you kind of handicap going into the season, who are going to be the good teams, what you're really saying is, okay, who has the best quarterbacks? Yeah. 
because yep. rarely are you going to say, okay, this team is good enough to win it all if they don't have that kind of dynamic play at quarterback. Um, but I agree. I think that's what brings so much equity in the league right now. I, you know, there are certainly some teams, but because of the good quarterback play, I think it's a wide open field on both the NFC and the AFC in terms of who could end up in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, what do you like about him, and how do you compare him to some of the other top quarterbacks right now in the NFL? Joe Burrow has a calm about him that is belied by his youth. Even when he came in, now I understand he came out of LSU, and that's a major program that he's used to the pressure. But but even the most pressured programs in college football, it's different when you come into the NFL. And and Joe Burrow, um, you the, the athletic is in what he's able to do. His athletic in without in the pocket, he can get outside and do some things. He's not one of these runaround guys that's going to really kill you with his legs, but more like an Aaron Rodgers is so good in the pocket and just outside the pocket, uh, has a calm about him. I think Cincinnati obviously knows they've got to wrap some additional assets around him, but he is clearly one of the really good young quarterbacks, whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, guys that, that, that we need a little more tincture of time, mm -hmm. but have greatness written all over. Brian, you hear the term in sports, uh, the it factor, quite a bit, right? And I'm curious, all your years, whether it was as a player, and look, you had a cup of coffee in the NFL, a couple of training camps as a, as a receiver, um, but as a head coach, do you see the it factor while they're in college? Do you see it at a combine? Uh, do you get it in the interviews at a combine? Or does a guy truly have to walk into your locker room and you watch him on the practice field every single day to determine if he truly has the quote-unquote it factor? Yeah, all of the above. But until he gets into that locker room, you really can't be sure. It's like we wrote in the book, uh, The Q Factor, in, in analyzing quarterbacks. And we've talked about it for a long time, Tom. Even with all the resources and the analytics and everything that we have available to us now, Taking a first-round quarterback in the NFL is a 50-50 proposition, at best. And it, it ought not to be. But that it factor is a major part of why so often we miss. Uh, but there are guys, there's clearly the way they carry themselves. Tom, I remember when you and I were doing a, a playoff game when Seattle was playing Atlanta. Yep. And we had a young Russell Wilson come in. Now, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, and we didn't know that much about although he had had a really, really good rookie year. When he walked in that room, I remember when he left, you and I both looked at one another and said, that guy's got it. Yeah. There, there was a presence about that young man that was, again, like we talked about with Joe Burrow, was belied youth that there was just, you could tell he understood it. He got it. Uh, Bill Walsh always used a term, and, and you hear it all the time. Bill Walsh always felt like by the middle of the second season, about the 25th or 20th game, you knew if a guy had it or not. Now, it might happen before then. And we've seen that with the Patrick Mahomes and the like. But if it doesn't, if he doesn't have it, he hasn't shown it by then, it's probably not there. And so you hear quarterbacks all the time that have that go on and do well. At some point they say, well, the game has slowed down for me. Well, we know the game's never slows down. This is a fast, violent game. But what it is is they're beginning to see things more clearly. And therefore, it seems like it's slowing down. Their decision-making process has, has refined itself. And the guys with the it factor are the ones that, 
the game slows down and they just see things differently than maybe you and I might see. Even me as a coach, standing behind and watching the really good quarterbacks throw the ball in places where, where you go, where were you going? And yet it's complete because he, he knows where he can get it. He knows where the hole in the defense – he has the it factor. He it, it slows the game down. He sees it, and it translates to the way the players interact with him. All right, the Arizona State Sun Devil logo is in there in the background. Uh, you're getting ready for the season opener this weekend. How are the Sun Devils looking? You know what? I think uh, I think we're going to surprise some people. You know, with all the things that have gone on here, uh, with, with uh, off and on and the like, and and with the advent of the uh, the, the portal. This is new to me. Yeah. I'm old school. This is this is a whole new world. Uh, and and when I came in and the players and it's great that the play that kind of versatility. And I appreciate that there's some a lot of money out there that's flowing for some players. I don't particularly like it. I don't know that it's good for college football. I think it needs to be regulated and refined. But that is where it is right now. And I will tell you this: with with all that happens in the portal and players coming and going. You know, it's kind of funny, and you, you know, you, you go to practice every day, and it's kind of like, "Are you okay? You, you good? You're not going anywhere, right?" I mean, it's almost <laughs> it's, it, it was it was easier in the NFL, but I will tell you this: we're a better football team today, and I think we're going to be a pretty good football team than we were, say, on February first, and had no way of knowing that based on the transition of players coming and going and how they come in, and and uh, it's it's a different world right now. And like I said, I'm not sure I like it. I think. I really appreciate more what Mike Krzyzewski said after he retired after the last NCAA game when he said, we got to get this under control. So, something, something's got to change here. Cause, and he had the gravitas to do so. The, the presidents and the, the heads of the NCAA or the athletic directors, this can be a good thing, but it needs, it needs to be looked at in a long, hard way. I'll, I, I want to ask you just uh, two more questions. Uh, being out there in Arizona State and when the news broke about uh, USC and UCLA going into yeah. the Big Ten, uh, I, I don't know if that came as a shocker to any of you sitting there in Tempe, Arizona, but the repercussions of this thing and, and what's going to take place moving forward in the Pac-12, do you have any feel for that at all? Yeah, I know. I, I think it's shocked everybody, including the ADs and the presidents around the Pac-12, which, you know, I'm just a lowly slappy down here. Not that I would know anything, <laughs> but I think they were surprised by it. And whether it, it goes right, part and parcel with what I'm talking about, we are clearly heading towards super conferences. NFL model, they're talking about certain teams leaving the NCAA. Um, it's above my pay grade, but I can see us having competing like AFC, NFC, probably 15, 16 teams in each. Um, which means there's going to be a lot of filtering out. USC and UCLA going uh, to the Big Ten, uh, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. And and they could say, great, the Big Ten's going to be one of these super conferences. Well, no, it's not. Because at the end of the day, if it is under that moniker, then where do the teams like Minnesota, uh, 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 Northwestern, uh, Indiana, I'll, I'll say even an Iowa or a Michigan state, certainly an Ohio state, a Michigan, maybe a Penn state will be in those conversations, but those programs are going to have to decide, 
Do we want to be a part of that? Do we want to pay to be a part of that? Are we going to get involved with that? Which means, again, via the NIL money and whatever, you got to rally the boosters. You've got to have a, a war chest to where you can go get these players because that's what life in college football in those super conferences is going to be about. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot left to be done. Uh, SC and UCLA feel like they're heading towards that. Um, maybe they belong. That SC's gone out and bought a hell of a football team. Yeah. So they're going to be good this year. Uh, UCLA, we'll see. Um, but and, and and then the question is, can a UCLA, which is a fine program, I'm a California guy. I've always been a big UCLA fan. But they're drawing what thirty thousand fans. Yep. I mean, can they really compete, or do they want to compete in that? Is that where they're heading? Uh, so there's a lot of lot of shoes left to drop in this. Where are we heading, and what are those conferences going to look like? All right, last question I have for you because uh, you and I have stayed in contact all these many years, even even though we we, we stopped working together a few years back. But I got to ask you. Uh, I heard you were an outstanding play caller for your grandson's football team, but but you tell me now they they've let you go from that position. What in the yeah, hell happened? Yeah. Yeah, they looked back at my record probably <laughs> and looked. Uh, no, it was great fun being involved. And it was the first two years that my grandson got into organized tackle football, which, you know, is such an incredible yeah. time to young people and, and, and the learning. There's so many great lessons to be learned on the football field. But it's a challenge. It's not intuitive to hit people that way, even boys, you know, that you got to get used to it and how you carry yourself. And there's so many lessons, but I'll share a story with you. I'm, so I'm out there and trying to figure out how I'm going to help these young men. And then one young man comes up and he says, you uh, coach the Baltimore Ravens. I said, yes, sir, I was. You know your stuff. He says, and you won a Super Bowl. I said, yes, sir, I did. I said, you, you've, you've studied up on this. He goes, that's really cool because most of those guys are dead. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if he thought I was Vince Lombardi or what, but so you, it, it's interesting for these young people and the way they process it and who they follow and, and all that, it's, uh, it, was, it was great fun. It's been great fun to watch them now, too. Well, my friend, thank you so much for the time today. Look forward to being with you and getting your expertise the entire season. So uh, great to see you, my man. Have a great rest of the day and enjoy the kickoff with Arizona State this weekend. We're excited for you. We'll do it, partner. All right, Brian, thanks so much for your time. We look forward to having you with us each and every Monday. And, and keep that in mind now, okay, because every Monday – after a full slate of games in the National Football League, and I can promise you Brian Billick is watching every single one of those games or, or tuned into every single one of those games, and he'll be able to break it down. And the great thing about having him on now as opposed to when he and I were both doing games for Fox or he's working for the NFL Network or whoever it is, he's not beholden to anybody anymore, right? So if some guy's great, we can say he's great. If some guy stinks, we can say he stinks. And hopefully we don't have to say that a lot. Nobody likes doing that. But Brian Billick with us every single Monday to talk about what just happened in the National Football League. Back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. You get a look at our studios right here in, uh, in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio, just a little bit north of Cincinnati. Chatterbox Sports. For, for those of you locally that uh, 
that watch a lot of high school football. I mean, high school football in Cincinnati, all over Ohio, and I'm not saying it's any different than, than it is in Florida or Texas or Pennsylvania, wherever, but, but, but certainly Ohio is one of the top three or four high school football states in America, and especially when it comes to fans and passion um, and community. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And right here on Chatterbox Sports, we had the game two weeks ago where St. X opened the season against uh, Lakota West, two of the top five teams in the state of Ohio, came right down to the final minute of the game. There must have been 11,000, 12,000 people there. Uh, and we've got for, games for you every Friday night, anywhere from seven to 10 games any Friday night. Check it out at Chatterbox Sports. We've got our game day show, which has been an unbelievable success. I mean, it's no different than, than say, uh, college game day of ESPN. Uh, we get the students to come out early, and the guys do the show, all the students in the background. We got great sponsors who, you know, shoot things off, fire things off, big promo, giveaway, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's cool stuff. It's really cool stuff. We got a lot happening at uh, Chatterbox Sports and Trace Fowler, the man who made it all happen. All right. I got to show my, my age putting on these glasses so I can read this because we have the Cincinnati Bengals report. And the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies, our good friends Larry Shakley and John Burns. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. This is one of the, the, the best companies at what they do literally in the world. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity, visit Encore.tech. That's Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins right here. All right, so that's going to be the Bengals report and what's going on. We're a week and a half out, a little over a week out. From the Bengals season opener, it's going to be at home against their big division rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to have a lot of Bengals talk next week. But everybody here is so excited about this team. And why not, right? Super Bowl last year, nobody saw that coming. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Brown family, the owners of the Bengals, have done a phenomenal job. And we know that's not always been the case. They've gone out and spent a lot of money to improve the one glaring weakness. And, you know, you go to the Super Bowl, you're like, well, how, how weak can it be? Everybody agrees. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow got hit too much. He got sacked too much. Uh, the running game has the capability of, of just being exceptionally good. Mixon is a great player. Great player. So they went out and spent a lot of money. They shored this thing up. In fact, uh, Joe Burrow yesterday talked about now, after putting the offensive line together, all the weapons at his disposal starting next Sunday. Yeah, I would say our skill players, if not the best in the league, they're, they're rivaling every single team in the, in the division, in the league. Um, you know, those guys work really hard to get good at what they do, and you got to pick your poison. If you're going to play too high, you're going to have to deal with Joe Mixon in the run game, and if you decide to play man, then good luck. What is the identity of this offense in your mind? What do you want it to be? Well, 50-50 run and pass. You know, you'd like to be able to run the ball really well, which I think we're going to. we got a great running back, a tough physical offensive line that's going to open up holes for him. And then you've know, you got to be able to complement that with play-action pass and, and drop-back pass as well. So you got to be able to do everything. 
That's quarterback Joe Burrow uh, after the team practiced yesterday in uh, Cincinnati, down right there next to, what's the new name now? Paycor Field, right? Is that the name of it? Paycor Stadium. Okay. Was Paul Brown Stadium and now Paycor. And I don't blame the Bengals. People get all uptight and up in arms about uh, trying to sell the rights. Stick a few bucks in the pocket. Nobody's going to complain if it means they go out and spend a bunch of money on a bunch of players. You know, the, we, we want to take a second because T. Higgins, one of those great uh, weapons that, that Joe Burrow has, and, and th th this kid's just had a couple of phenomenal years, his first couple of years in the league. Uh, his father passed away, and so he has left the team uh, for certainly however long that he needs. And our thoughts and prayers are with T. Higgins and his entire family. Um, anybody that's ever lost a parent, and I lost my mom many, many, many years ago, um, it is, it's really tough. It's really, really, and I have no doubt, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know T. Higgins. I don't know his dad. Um, but you would certainly think for a young man to accomplish all he has and going to college and, and becoming a pro and he's carried himself so well that his father had an enormous impact as all fathers do on uh on t higgins life now brandon you know I, i'm going to call you out here a minute because at channel five you cover the Bengals uh all the time and so uh, what i'm asking you is does that mean for this program that we're going to have Bengals as guests? Or, or at the end of the day, did you just cover them and you have no pull at all? I have a little bit of pull, I think. We'll see that, how that goes between this show. With, with who, like my... the punter or, or Well, I or was what? a backup punter at LaSalle, so we had that natural, <laughs> we had that natural chemistry. Yeah, me and Kevin Heber. Kevin Heber actually did, and Zach Taylor did, Orange Theory. Are you familiar with what that is? Of course I know. What, what do you think? I'm a thousand years old. I don't know. I've do you... been there many times. Okay, so you don't know. Don't I look theory? like I've been yeah, there? Yeah, no, you look good. The, uh, well, we... I don't know about that. <laughs> Kevin Huber this offseason was doing Orange Theory with me over in Oakley. McNicholas High School guy, Kevin Huber. Uh, University of Cincinnati guy, Kevin Huber. Uh, I'm surprised, and I'd be interested to hear from both of you because you follow the Bengals and you know the Bengals. I am very surprised this year he's back as a punter. I'm, su I'm surprised, too. I, I thought that Drew Crispin, and I'm a homer because he went to the same high school as me. And a I Buckeye. And a Buckeye. Buckeye LaSalle man. I thought Chrisman looked really good at camp. Before I took this job, I still had OTAs and the first half of training camp where I was there every day. And I thought I thought Drew looked really, really good. You trust Kevin. He's put in a lot of years here. He's a captain. I think this has to be the you know the final year, unless he goes to a bunch of more Orange Theory classes and continues to stay in shape and kick balls 50 yards. But I, I really thought Drew Chrisman, this was going to be his year. Casey, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. Honestly, it's probably just the... One last ride. One last ride, Coach. Can I get one last ride to make a Super Bowl run? And, but know. see, here's the problem, okay? And, and I was thinking about this yesterday. And, and look, God bless Kevin Huber. I mean, I love the guy. Oh, he, has had, he has had a great career. When, when, when you're in the NFL, any sport, baseball, football, bat, I don't care what it is. When you play for 10, 11, 12 years in a league, that, that is a great career. The issue for me is Chrisman's sitting there on now the practice squad. Okay. Second year. Second year. And now all of a sudden, uh, in, the, in the blink of an eye, team needs a punter. He could be gone. And, and I don't know how much longer you can, you can hang on to him. Uh, Paul Doherty is ready to go. Uh, I, I am so grateful uh, to have Doc, as he's known here in town. 
uh, all the years as a, as a columnist at the uh, Cincinnati Inquirer. And uh, he just retired recently. I, th this is almost a retirement show today, Doc, because I had my dad on a little bit earlier. How, how are you doing in retirement? Are you enjoying it? Or are you bored? Any of the above? Can Doc hear me? <clears throat> Tom can't hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? No. All right, we'll see if we can. Uh, we'll see if we can make this happen. And 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 look, this is going to happen all the time when you're dealing with technology and figuring out why in the world he's unable to hear us. And uh, and and hopefully we'll get this started here in a second because Doc, um, for so many years, was was just phenomenal. The stuff he wrote in this town, not only about sports but about life. And we're going to take a break. And uh, double check about getting this connection right with him. And we're back with Paul Doherty right after this. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. I'm Tom Brennan, and we're still working through some uh, technical issues with Paul Doherty. We hope to have him on uh, here in a minute. Says he's got a brand new laptop. All right. And I'm going to ask Doc about this in a second. We were, we were sitting here talking about the Bengals, and I know this is a topic that, uh, that, that he would find interesting. And I'm going to really dive into this next week before the Bengals play. But I have to tell you, um, and, and Doc may totally disagree if we can get some of these uh, technical issues straightened out. I do not like what Zach Taylor has done during this preseason. I don't like it at all. And here's what I mean. There is not a single starter outside of a rookie guard who just won the job this year. Okay, They thought Jackson Carmen was going to be a starting guard on the offensive line. And young player out of North Dakota State comes walking in the door and um, and he, he wins a job. He's the only starter on offense or defense that's played a single snap during the preseason. The only one. Now, look, you can make the argument that Zach Taylor has forgotten more about football than I will ever know, and I would concede that in a heartbeat. But here's what I know from announcing in the NFL and, and meeting and talking to a lot of players and coaches and that kind of thing as recently as last week when I was down at a UC scrimmage talking to Kerry Combs uh, and Luke Fickle about this. They were talking about how much hitting they have done at UC during this preseason, in practice especially. A lot of hitting, okay? And, and Kerry Combs made the comment, said, look, you, you can't have guys on defense, in UC's case, that are going down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they're coming up to tackle some cat that's 6'2", 245 pounds, and it's the first time they've hit all year. And I mean really hit. And that's what the preseason is for. You don't want to get guys hurt, and we've seen some guys get hurt, and it's sad, it's tragic, it's a big loss for the player, it's a big loss for the team, et cetera, et cetera. But you talk to most people, and they'll tell you there's nothing like the quote-unquote live fire um, and the first time this new offensive line is going to face the T.J. Watts of the world, right, 
who are going full speed, all out, and I mean ready to knock you down. And none of these guys have played in a preseason game just to kind of get that feel back again. We'll see if it turns out to be a stroke of genius or whether it's a bad move. We're still working on some things with uh, Paul Doherty. We're hoping to have him here shortly. Uh, Want to send out thanks to Howard. He just wrote a minute ago. Glad to see you back on the air. Wish you success in all the future endeavors. From Northwest Ohio, he says, go Buckeyes. Rick Ferguson. Maybe I shouldn't say his name. Maybe he's at work. Might get in trouble. Says, great to have a show on where the people aren't screaming at each other. So thank you. And lure up our, our producer, Casey McAllister. His dad, Todd, was the one who built this entire set behind us. And we have more to come. I mean, we got shelves coming up. We're going to have all kinds of knickknacks around here. We're, our, our friends from United Dairy Farmers are putting in a big, huge cooler full of ice cream. So you'll watch each of our waistlines expand throughout this entire process of the next couple of weeks and uh, into football season. And so... Um, Excited to have that, and we're going to continue to dress up this entire studio that we have just finished building, and we thank Todd very much for putting this together. Uh, and, and again, the name of his company is Lure Up. So thanks for the note about coming on the air today. All right, we've finally gotten things straightened out. Paul Doherty, are you there, young man? <laughs> yeah, I am. The miracle of technology. I'm, I'm holding my phone while watching you. All right, well, let me ask you something. You may have heard me just say, first of all, thanks for being on. It's awesome to have you on. Uh, how are you enjoying retirement, Doc? You know, it's it's great. I mean, it's better than I thought it would be. I mean, it's less than I thought it would be, if you know what I mean. It's, it's less pressure, less obligation, uh, less need to wake up early in the morning. It's a whole lot of less is, Tom, and, <laughs> and less is more, right? Right. But you're but 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 you got a little bit of an itch to to, to kind of at least be engaged a little bit, right? Talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I think more than anything else, I I love to write, and writers write. That's what we do. Just because I stopped writing for the newspaper doesn't mean I wanted to stop writing entirely. I needed I needed maybe a month or two to kind of recharge the battery, uh, and that's what I've done. I'm I'm a card barn boy at a local public golf course and uh, work three days a week, make 10 bucks an hour, um, almost as much as I made at the Inquirer. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back into it a little bit. I, I, I miss the give and take with, with the audience and I miss uh, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit like being in, in the center of things and, the, and sometimes in the center of conversation. And uh, a guy can only clean so many golf carts, man, before he's got to start doing something else. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm relaunching the morning line. Uh, wow, that's and, awesome. Well, th thank you. Yeah, we, we're going to give a shot probably in the middle of September. Uh, I, I've gotten a, a, a site on Substack now called, believe it or not, the morning line. Uh, and if you want to sign up, subscribe. It's going to be three days a week. Uh, free for the time being at themorningline.substack.com. Uh, I've, I've put up a couple of test uh, posts and, and have, have done very well, uh, at least in terms of, of the response so far. Uh, I, I plan to get this going, like I said, back uh, full steam 
in, in the middle of, of this month. So everybody sign up, themorningline.substack.com, and we're going to do the same kind of stuff we did at the original Morning Line. And we had a lot of fun and a lot of interest over the years. I did it for, I don't know, I think 17 years we did the Morning Line. So um, sign up, check it out. And we'll get going here in a couple of weeks. Themorningline.substack.com. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about that regularly because so many people here in town. So many people here in town love the morning line. I love the morning line. Uh, I was one of the people who actually paid a subscription there to the Enquirer to, to, to be able to check that out, among other things, for subscribers. I don't know if you heard, Paul, much uh, of what I was talking about a minute ago. And you and I can get deep into this next week. But, but I would like your opinion on the comment I made a moment ago. And, and I could be a thousand percent wrong. There's a really good chance. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you guaranteed I'm a thousand percent wrong. But I don't like the way Zach Taylor has handled this preseason with his starting players. Not a single down by any of them except for a rookie offensive lineman who just won the job. How do you feel about it? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm one that usually has pretty solid opinions one way or the other. On this one, I don't. I, I, I see what Zach is doing. I can appreciate the fact. All you have to do is see what happened to the Steelers last week when uh, T.J. Watt was hitting his knee with a crackback block. Uh, and Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver, got a shoulder injury in a meaningless game uh, in August against the Detroit Lions. The Bengals don't have obviously any of those problems. But on the other hand, what, what they do have, Tom, is a brand new offensive line. You, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the, 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 chain, the turnover there. They've got, they've got a, a rookie, Cordell Volson, is going to be their left guard. Uh, we don't know what Cordell Volson is capable of in, in a real football game, a regular season NFL game. And they've added lots of pieces to that line, and that's great. Uh, everybody thinks they did a good job. I think they did a great job bolstering that line. But the fact is, in 11 days, man, they, they will be facing the Pittsburgh Steelers in a real game. T.J. Watt will play, as will Cam Hayward, as will Minka Fitzpatrick. And I know that defense, defense wasn't great last year. In fact, it was, it was pretty bad, certainly by Steelers standards. But Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin's had a whole offseason to uh, – to scheme, knowing that the Bengals have a brand new offensive line filled with guys who have never played together. Anybody who follows football knows mm -hmm. that maybe more than any other position group, the chemistry between offensive linemen is vital. You need to know what the guy next to you is going to do. You need to have faith in him and he in you. They haven't developed any of that. So while they're completely healthy, and that's great, um, We'll see what happens to that offensive line for the first couple of weeks without any game action whatsoever. I want to hit a couple of other topics real quick with you, Doc. It just in, in, in a broad uh, macro kind, kind of uh, way. I asked uh, Dan Horde this question the other day when, when I ran into him out at the UC scrimmage. Are you surprised Luke Fickle is still here? Um... But, but by typical conventional definition, yeah, sure. Isn't that what everybody does when they come here, whether they're a football or a basketball coach, college? They, they, they get good, get hot for a year or two, and then bolt. Um, by that definition, sure. By, by the Luke Fickle definition, no. 
Um, I, I think, and I believe this, and I could be wrong, I, I do feel he's one of the rare guys in, in his profession who, who sees things beyond the game. I think it's very important to him where he lives, very important to him that, that his family is comfortable and they are here. Uh, loyalty is very important to him. Um, we haven't had too many coaches here you could say that about. Ain't that right, uh, Brian Kelly and Butch Jones? Um, so, uh, no, I, I think he will wait for the what he feels is the right job, perfect job. That could be Ohio State. Uh, uh, I'm not sure where it could be. I, I don't think he'd have any interest on the, on the other coast. Uh, there was talk about USC. I, I don't think he had any interest in USC whatsoever for all kinds of reasons. Um, but I may, there might come a time when, when the job and, and the opportunity and the family situation all align, and, and he will leave. I don't think this is a destination job. I, I think there are, you know, how many destination jobs are there in, in college football? You know, three, four, if that. Um, when he finds what he thinks is his destination job, I, I think he would leave and nobody would blame him. But right now, no, I'm not surprised that he's still here. All right, last thing I want to ask you about, and, and I got to be honest, when you're sitting around thinking about putting together a show like this, and I don't know last year or this year before you retired if you felt this way when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I, I think on a bigger picture that baseball has major issues uh, in regard to popularity, and there's all kinds of metrics that would certainly back that up, whether you're talking about uh, television ratings, whether you're talking about attendance, whether you're talking about all kinds of things, and, and a bunch of guys dock our age that are ones that, that are watching the game instead of our kids or, in some cases, grandkids, right? Um, and, and then the Reds are a whole other level uh, of that whole thing. And, and, and I, I, you've been here for so long. Would you have <laughs> ever believed – ever believed in a million years that the Brown family would be celebrated the way they are right now with the rise of this franchise and that the Reds and their ownership or just the franchise in general would be losing so much popularity in the city? Uh, n n never, no. I've been here since 88. Um, through the, through the nineties, there was never, you get laughed out of town. If you even suggested that, um, times change, interests change, uh, economics change, owners change, at least in, in Cincinnati, uh, with the Reds. So, but no, I, I mean, generally speaking, Tom, no, not in a million years. If you ran the Cincinnati Reds, what needs to change? Besides uh, the, winning some games. Yeah, the obvious knee-jerk answer is to have an owner who, who puts the success of the team ahead of the, the uh, well-being of the shareholders. Um, I, I thought for a long time that, that Bob Castellini was that guy. Uh, we have discovered in the last couple of years that, that he is not. I, and I, I don't really fault him or begrudge him for that. I mean, he's a businessman. He has shareholders. He wants to keep them happy. Um but what this team needs is shareholders who don't care about losing money, you know, who don't, who, for whom winning and bringing back the luster that was the Cincinnati Reds is more important uh, than their own pocketbooks. And I realize that's a big ask and it's very a naive ask. I don't know many people that would do that, but, but 
I think if the Reds have proven one thing over the past couple of years, especially, is that it's a business for them. And the the needs of, of the owners to at least break even or make a small profit uh, matter more than the success on, on the field. Doc, I thank you so much for being patient with us here today and working through some technical difficulties. I'm so excited and so grateful that uh, that you made your time available today and, and and moving forward each and every week because uh, I, I know the I can speak I I know I can speak for this because I, I hang out with nothing but sports freaks and junkies and the whole nine yards. Uh, everybody misses you and everybody misses your opinion on things and and we're looking forward to hearing them right here on this show each and every week. Well, thank you very much, Tom. Meantime, uh, two weeks from now, the morning line will be relaunched. The morningline.substack.com, correct? All right, buddy. Doc, thanks. Thank you. Yep. Have a great Labor Day weekend. All right. So uh, we've got about, what, uh, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 25 minutes left in the show. And what we do, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, are we going to Zim Who Day? Or are we going to, yeah, we, now, listen. Okay, you and me both are meeting this cat for the first time. I originally heard about this guy Zim Hude from my son. And, and, and so I can't wait to talk to this guy. And we're going to have him on every week. And we're going to find some others. Somebody that, that, that's like him uh, that, 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 that roots for the Steelers, that roots for the Browns, that roots for the Ravens. Uh, because I think it's I think it's great to get away from X's and O's all the time. Get some fire, get some passion, get some people who are screaming at the TV just like you and I are every single week. We're back with Zim Hooday in a minute. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Uh, we have Zim Hooday coming up here in a minute. Um when I got here this morning, someone reminded me that it was 15 years ago today that Appalachian State beat Michigan. 15 years ago today. And I had the privilege with Charles Davis and Carissa Thompson, both big stars now, uh, to broadcast that game. I cannot believe it's been 15 years ago. You know, when, when people ask me about that game, in the intro to the show, you saw another game I had the, the honor of calling, uh, which was about nine months before that App State game. Um, and that was Boise State beating Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. And I only bring that up because I, I remember the producer of our crew there on Fox when we had the BCS and I had the chance to do the national championship game three times. Um, we split up crews because we were doing two games in one week. We were doing the Fiesta Bowl that was Oklahoma against Boise State. And then seven days later, we were doing the national championship game, Urban Myers, Florida Gators against Jim Trestle's Ohio State Buckeyes. So we split up our crew and, and, and in groups of two, we were sent to you know, the four schools. And I was sent to Boise. Because I knew nothing about these guys. I mean, everybody knew everything about Oklahoma and, of course, Ohio State and Florida and so on and so forth. But we went up to Boise, and I remember Chris Peterson was a coach then. And after we had met with them, our producer is a guy named Mike Burks. 
and and I mean to tell you, you know, we're at the stadium there where they got the blue field and all that cool stuff, and and we go back to the hotel that night, and we're having a beer and freezing cold, but we're we're just outside because we want to take it all in, and and um, and he looks at me and he says, you know, he says uh, Boise State thinks they can win that game, and I'm like, you're right, and and we had interviewed this center who weighed like 255 pounds, maybe 265 pounds. And he was going up against Gerald McCoy in the game. Like top five pick, you know, whole deal. First team All-American. Boise State wins a game. I only bring that up because fast forward now, nine months later, Charles Davis and I are doing, it was the launching of the Big Ten Network. I mean, they literally flipped the switch to start the Big Ten Network. And the first game that was on the air was from the Big House in Ann Arbor. It was Michigan hosting Appalachian State. Now, you got to remember, App State, the year before, was the Division I AA national champions for back-to-back years. But this is Michigan, right? Michigan was ranked, I think, at the time, preseason before the first game, number two or three in the country. They had the kid, I think his name was Jake Long. He wound up being the, the number one pick in the NFL draft, left tackle. You had the, the running back, and I, and I draw a blank on these guys. Uh, uh, the quarterback, I think, was Chad Henney, you know, big stud, whole nine yards, and, and uh, the running back was a great player. But Appalachian State shows up on Friday afternoon. Their buses come in after they land at the airport and they pull straight into the the back of the stadium and they come walking out on the field. And this coach had been there for 15, 20 years, built up this powerhouse 1AA program. And and now here they were at Michigan. And you should have seen the look on these kids' eyes, right, in their eyes. They're walking into the big house. And you're looking around. It's empty. It's on a Friday afternoon. Game's on Saturday. And, and, and their eyes are looking around like they've never seen anything like this. Seats 105, 110, whatever. Um, it, 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 they were just in awe. I think anybody's in awe the first time you walk into some of these stadiums. That was my first time ever at, at, at the big house. I was in awe. Um, but we talked to the coach, and then we talked to this quarterback named Armonte Edwards. I'll never forget this kid as long as I live. He's a freshman. And this is before the whole sort of spread offenses and quarterbacks that can run and all this kind of thing was in vogue. Urban Meyer was starting to do a little bit of that. That was Tebow's freshman year. Urban had done it at, uh, at Utah before leaving Utah and going to Florida with Alex Smith and that kind of thing. But this Edwards cat was a different cat. He's fast. He's He's just electric, but he's never played as a starter in a college football game. And after the conversation with him and with their head coach, Charles Davis and I look at each other and we're like, these guys think they can win the game. I'm not saying I thought they could win the game. Please don't misunderstand me. No chance, right? But when you were around them, they sincerely believed that they could come into that game against Michigan and win the game. And the coach said, look, playing in the Big Ten back in those days, they're like, the Michigan players have never seen anybody that can do the things this quarterback can do. 
the way he can run. They're spreading the offense. If he can't make the pass, he's going to take off running. He's like, nobody, none of the athletes in Michigan's defense can run with this guy if he gets in the open field. And I'll never forget as long as I live. They dominate the first half. On we go to the third quarter. Late fourth quarter, Michigan goes down the field. Running back, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. Gosh, he was a great player. Mike Hart, thank you very much, Brandon. Um, he busts one off for 50 yards or something. They take the lead with just like a you know a couple of minutes to go, and you're like, okay, that's that. And then all of a sudden, App State goes straight down the field and scores to, to take the lead. Michigan gets the ball back. They go down the field. They put themselves in position to kick the game-winning field goal. You know what happens. Kick gets blocked. I have never in my life, the two moments in my life where the silence was deafening in the blink of an eye. Many years ago, I'm calling a league championship series for Fox. And Albert Pujols hits a home run off Brad Lidge in the top of the ninth inning at Minute Maid Park when the Astros are one out away from going to their first ever World Series. And the second the ball hit the – everybody's standing. They're ready to celebrate the National League pennant. And the second the ball hits the bat, silence. That's exactly what happened at the big house in Ann Arbor. The second that field goal was blocked – you have never heard silence from 110,000 people, if that's possible. I didn't think it was possible. Like that. All right, where's our guy? Is he here yet? He's coming in in just a second. All right. We're waiting. We're, we're checking out to see if Zim Houday can hear us, and, uh, and, and, and then we're going to bring him up. He's getting set. Is he fixing his hair? Does he really? All right. I, I can't wait to meet this guy. I cannot wait to meet this guy. Zim Hude, you're on the air here, my man. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Hold on, hold on. Can you hear me? Let's just do it. Now we lost him. I don't know what's going on because I – we had his audio there a second ago. <laughs> I mean, I can see the guy. I can't wait to talk to him. The hat's awesome. I mean, yeah, the hat. I, I, well, I'll have to get a little closer look at that hat when we get him on there. He can hear us. Nod your head, right? You can hear me. Okay, talk a little bit because I don't know if we can hear you. We're trying to work on that. Cannot hear him. Plug your mic back in and see if that works. Podcast mic. You got your podcast mic in there? He's good now? Plug that mic back in. That'd be good. Because we got to get our man on here. Absolutely. That's what this stuff is all about. I mean, look. You know, we had technical problems when we had two television trucks during the Fox game. I mean, stuff happens. Can he hear me? Can, can, talk a little bit, my man. Let me hear if we can hear you. Nope, still don't hear him. Okay, let's take a break. 
We'll come back and wrap up the last 15 minutes with Zim Hude. Back in a flash. Our friends at United United Dairy Farmers are uh, our sponsor of the program. And, and, and look, I told you a few minutes ago, I'm really excited to talk to this guy because Zim Hude, welcome to the program. Um, my son, who met you at a Bengals game, uh, I think it was a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken, but he was telling me about you um, two years ago. First of all, how are you? Welcome to the program. Where are you from? How did you become what you are now as Zim Hude and your, your, your very famous podcast, Winsinati? Thank you very much, Mr. Brenneman, for having me. You better um, call me Tom. Mr. Brenneman's my dad, okay? All right. Well, I, 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 I'm learning as I go on the fly. You know, your son is a goat. I don't know if you know that. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that. I've been... I've been doing this for a while on Instagram. We've been killing the opposition as far as Ravens, Steelers, whatever, wanted to step up to the Bengals all this time. I had always been a Bengals fan my whole entire life. Um, I'm from DC. I still live in Maryland, DC area, uh, but I just had ties with my family in the Ohio area. And I just, you know, as I grew and got older, I just started my love for the, the team just kept on growing. Then when, you know, I had this this whole epiphany one day People kept on asking me, how did you become a Bengals fan? And my response will always be, why would you not be? And here we are today. <laughs> and, and, I, and I say that because, like, how many teams have a Carl Pickens, a Ocho Cinco, a Willie Anderson, uh, a, a Boomer Esiason? Like, look at all these figures. Like, go look at your favorite team that you think is what you think it is. They don't have these guys. The greatest wide receivers that ever hit the planet have all come through the Cincinnati Bengals, what I like to call wide receiver university. This is what we do. Why would you not be a Bengals fan? It's always been that way. All right, before I ask you a couple things about the team, um, we're going to have you on regularly if you're open to that because I think it's awesome to get away from X's and O's all the time. I mean, my whole life has been filled with guys I'm sitting next to you talking about X's and O's, and I appreciate it and I like it, but I like the fire and the passion and, and all that kind of thing. Um, my son used to sit and watch you when you, you, you were basically <laughs> streaming while watching the game, right? So it's like sitting next to you as a fan in the stands. You're still doing that, right? Yeah, I, I still do that. I, I go to a lot more games now, but I'm still doing that, yes. You go to a lot more games, why? Because you're making so much money off all this stuff you got going on. You're flying back from uh, D.C. or driving back from D.C., Baltimore, what? Well, I, I don't drive. I, I I hop on some planes sometimes, and no, I'm not. And no, I'm not making a, a lot of money. I just I'm one of them people that I feel like if you get your network up and you kind of get and interact with the people more, good things will happen to you. So I kind of live off of that premise. I think my wife doesn't really enjoy that as much, but it it does work out for me sometimes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just like to feel the energy of the stadium and being there. It's just a lot more going on. Now, did you get a haircut? Yes. <laughs> you had the you had the locks going and everything. Oh, you got to be kidding me! What prompted you cutting them all off? Everybody asks me that. I feel like it's an error. Like people, like my sister, still calls your son Brenny, little Brenny. That's right. But uh, little Brenny, <laughs> um, 
guys like that, I just feel like that was an era where it was so much going on. We had all these civil wars and, you know, I was fresh off the Super Bowl loss and I kept on thinking to myself, like, you know, like something has changed. Okay. I woke up one day, it was probably like a month or something, you know, mm-hmm. after that Super Bowl loss or whatever. Oh, no, no, actually a couple months. I just woke up on a Saturday and I just booked an appointment with the same guy that does my sons and I can't explain it. I feel I feel more free. I actually hopped in some water the other day. I didn't have to go through extensive drying my hair. So that was awesome. You guys been holding out on us that we actually have to wash our hair like two, three times a week. And it's an awesome thing. I'm I'm experimenting <laughs> with new shampoos. The world is glorious. This is a new day for me. So I look at that era and I just say, hey, those are for the what I call the borough babies, the little grannies of the world. And this is now the new day. OK. All right. Does your wife like the haircut? At first, I think she thought it sucked, but she would. She loved me so much. That I don't think she told me that. But I, I mean, can you blame her? Girl. Right. Can you blame her for loving you so much? Right. I mean, how could you not? You I know? Hey, I, there's you no not? doubt. Of, you know, the problem is how long you've been married. Actually, believe it or not, I've only been married for a year, but I've known my wife for 15 years. Okay, and but she still only, likes we, you. We got, she still likes me, I think. I think. <laughs> I can promise you that's debatable. We were just arguing over whose snickerdoodles. You know, she bought the snickerdoodles just now, a whole box. I eat four. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is Miles. All the <laughs> snickerdoodles will be mine if I want. So there's a constant battle of who gets the most cookies, Who's got the better hair? All these different things. We even had a contest yesterday on uh, who has the better kneecap. So we're very competitive in this household. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I, 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 I got to believe she has the better kneecaps, but I haven't seen her kneecaps. I'm not going to see her kneecaps, um, but, but, but I'm going They're with fine her. kneecaps. I'm not going to lie to you. They're fine kneecaps. Okay. All right. I want to get to you. I was just talking with Paul Doherty a minute ago, and this is our very first show. So we are grateful that you are here, and we're so excited to, to really hear you bring it every week about what you watch every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday whenever the Bengals are playing. Okay, but, but I have a big problem. And look, I, I, I said it a minute ago, I will probably be wrong, and, and that happens all the time. Just ask my wife. But – I think the Bengals have made a mistake by not playing any of their starters in the preseason. What do you think about it? I was saying coming into the preseason, I didn't see a need for it as the game started playing and I I started to see the competition aspect of it. I started to buy into preseason a little bit more. But I look at teams like the the Ravens who last year just had a guy like J.K. Dobbins get hurt in the preseason for the whole entire year including this year, Travis Jones, the you know one of the defense alignment that they really, really like. He gets hurt four to five weeks in the last two minutes of the preseason game. I had a tweet about a week ago that said, I'd rather come into a season healthy and rusty than come into a season limping, and I'm already behind the eight ball. I don't think anybody's right or wrong. It's just the way that this thing goes. If the football guys are glorious and they give us what we need, then we'll always have health, right? But that's just not a practical way of thinking. And I just always live with the affirmation that if I go into a playoff atmosphere or a do or die situation with number nine, I cannot lose. Number nine, Joe Burrow. Who's your favorite guy on the team? I I would imagine you've gotten to know some of these guys a little bit, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these guys I definitely consider my friends. I think we got some really, really good guys that I love them like a lot. I think they're really, really cool. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite guy on the team. I've never met Joe Burrow. I've, I've I talked to his dad often, uh, but I've never seen Joe Burrow in person. He's almost like a myth to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll faint. I don't. I've never fanned out. I hang out with some of these guys a lot, and it's like a normal day. I can't imagine being in a room with Joe Burrow. Though. Well, who, who, who's crazy. like a guy that you've hung out with that you, you really think's cool? Doesn't have to be your favorite, but but like for Bengals fans who who you know all the guys are like a, a phantom, right? Because they really never get around them. The guys are busy, and then maybe in the off season they leave town. Who's right. somebody you hang out with that you like that's really cool? I think Tyler Boyd is a guy that his family has shown me so much love, like over the years. Whether it was when I got married or. Uh, if it's a birthday or anything, even if it's my son's birthday, they'll, you know, happy birthday. If I got a new cool design, they'll be like, man, I need to get that shirt and stuff. And Tyler Boyd is like one of them guys that I just think is a good example for like being a team player. And, and, he, and he's like that in real life, on the field, off the field. I think he's a really dope guy. You got to think this is a guy that probably grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but yep. he's all the way committed, you know, to being a Bengal. And I think he's always shown me a lot of love. I've actually never interviewed him, which is really crazy. Joe Mixon is another guy, too. If you love the Bengals or if you've ever seen him on Instagram Live, you know how we hate the Steelers or most of us hate the Steelers. He is one of them guys that will let you know 100% I can't stand him. Uh, he's super vocal uh, if you see him in person about it, but I think he keeps his social media kind of quiet. But he's a really, really like, he gets, yeah, he's a real rah rah guy if you really get in a conversation with him about like his play and about football in general. Like, he loves the sport of football. All right, Tim Hude, um, I want to thank you for coming on. Now, listen, um, today was just a nice introductory kind of thing. Okay, this is a streaming show. So, um, listen, once the season gets going, we're going to let it all hang out. Fair enough? All right. Let's hang. Let's do it. You're the man. You're the man. I can't tell you how much my, you my, son, my son just thinks you're such a cool dude. And I, I, and I can see now after talking to you why he <laughs> thinks that. So, thank you for your time and looking forward to us having uh, some chats about the Bengalis on a regular basis. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you, man. Let's All right, do it. man. Zim Hude, and you can check out his uh, podcast, Win Sanati is the name of the podcast. Win Sanati. And, and I would imagine that's available anywhere, right? You can go to Apple and, and all those kinds of places, um, you know, and, and check it out and find it and all that kind of thing. All right, look, this has been, uh, this has been our first show. And, um, and, and, and I just want to thank uh, everybody for everything that uh, putting this thing together and giving me a chance to get back here on the air. Uh, our executive producer is Trace Fowler. I'd like to thank uh, our producers, Casey McAllister and Brandon Seho. Back with their picks tomorrow. Don't forget all of our picks. This is going to be a big deal, okay? We thank Paul Frischner for all his contributions to the program and everybody here at Chatterbox Sports. But the last thing we do from our great sponsors at UDF, it's time for the Cherry on Top segment presented by United Dairy Farmers, a segment that I think you'll enjoy, and this has occurred the last couple of nights at City Field, right, in New York, when Edwin Diaz comes into the game to close the game and Timmy Trumpet 
played his theme music walk-in music. Check it out. And now Timmy Trumpet takes center stage as Edwin Diaz gets ready to come in looking for a save. cool is that when I saw that guy play the trumpet for take me out to the ball game the night before and I guess the story was he was in town in New York for two days and he really wanted to do this Edwin Diaz coming into the game and play a song on the trumpet and when I saw the video and heard the video of him playing take me out to the ball game I thought it was some guy in the stands it was like doing air trumpet because it was that good I mean that guy's unbelievable Timmy trumpets good for him and so he stuck around one more night wanted to do this if Diaz had a chance to close in the game and uh he had the chance Diaz closes out the game and the Mets are having a great great year that is our cherry on top segment tomorrow got a lot going on tomorrow we're going to have a, a, a huge preview in college football Dan Horde voice of the UC Bearcats going to join us to talk about UC versus Arkansas a full slate of previews of all the games in college football, a huge weekend. We're going to make our picks. The ones today were just our, our preseason. They count for real starting tomorrow. And we're going to be joined by the guy, you know, for a lot of people my age, um, you know, Keith Jackson was the voice of college football. But I have to tell you, as much as I love Keith Jackson, um, Brent Musburger for me uh, – is right there as far as the voice of college football for years and years and years and years in those Saturday night games with Kirk Herbstreet. He is going to join us tomorrow on the program, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Thanks so much for being with us. God bless you and yours and all your loved ones. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, 10 Eastern to noon, Chatterbox Sports. You can go to YouTube, type in Chatterbox Sports, and join us tomorrow.